0: My name's Derek Walker, and I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and today we're continuing our study on seeking God, seeking the face of God. And last time we saw that this is the key to whether we succeed or fail uh, in our life in God. You know, we need to be motivated to seek God. Last time we saw the benefits of seeking God. You know, there are so many other things claiming our attention. That it would be so easy, if we're not careful, that we don't make it our priority to seek God and make that our lifestyle. It's the foundation for our whole life. It's essential to find our destiny and fulfill our destiny in God. Um, Psalm 14.2 is amusing in a way. It says, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. My translation of that, he's looking to see if there's anyone who get it, who get this thing that seeking God is the key to everything. He's looking for those who who get it, those who seek God. We're going to see the benefits of seeking God and why it's so vital to seek him with all our heart. We're going to do this by looking at the rise and fall of the kings of Judah. You see, the book, books of Chronicles and Kings in the Bible, they seem to cover much of the same material. Uh, they describe the reigns of the kings of, of Judah and Israel. But they're told from two different viewpoints, and both of them are valid. The kings is more from the outside in. It's, it's the human viewpoint, looking from the outside of what happened in the reign of those kings. But Chronicles, which we're going to look at today, tells us the story of each king From the inside out, from God's viewpoint, as God sees them, as God judges them. God's report card on the different kings is in Chronicles. And remember, God sees things from the inside. He looks upon the heart. He judges by the quality of a man's heart. Remember 1 Samuel said, the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord doesn't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so we're gonna look how God assesses the reigns of a few different kings, and we'll see that he does it on the basis of whether they sought God or not. Again and again, he points out that the key to their success was that they sought God with all their heart. But when they failed to do that, their life and their reign went downhill. God sees from the inside, you see, that the root cause of a man's life is his heart. And the direction that he moves, up or down, ultimately depends on whether he seeks God or not. You see, if you seek God, if you humble yourself before him, he will exalt you. If you don't seek God, your life will start going toward destruction. So let's have a look at this. In, we'll be in Chronicles from now. David starts uh, talking about this when the Ark of the Covenant, that represents the presence of God, it comes to Jerusalem and here is the throne of God uh, and the presence of God in the midst of his people. And this inspires David to, 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 to say these words, uh, which, which are then the key words for the rest of the kings, that they must be rightly related to the presence of God. 1 Chronicles 16, he says, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who rejoice, who seek the Lord, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face forevermore. Now, you see, when we, it says, seek his face and seek his strength. And when we seek his face, something amazing happens, His hand of strength fills our heart like my hand fills this glove. His hand his hand of strength, his spirit in other words, fills our heart with his wisdom, with his power, with his strength, and for kings with his ability to to take dominion and to grasp things and to rule things. And so we can rule as kings in life. And that's why Proverbs says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like rivers of living water, he turns it whatever way he wants. And so if you want to be a king who reigns in life, the key is to get your heart in his hand. Get his hand filling your heart as you seek God. That will happen. And then his spirit in you, in your heart, will be manifested as rivers of living water that will then direct your life in the way that he wants it. And so we'll see that David's command here becomes a recurring theme which God then uses to judge the reigns of the future king's successors of David. He says again, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face forevermore. That is the command that God gave. And David, in his last days, he's making preparations for the temple, and he repeats this command to Solomon and to the leaders of Israel. He says, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. I love that, set it. Have it part of who you are, your lifestyle. Set your heart to seek the Lord. Therefore arise and build the sanctuary of, of the Lord to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to bring the presence of the Lord into the heart of your life. And then he says this to Solomon later. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts. God sees the heart. He looks into the heart. He understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. And there, that word was then spoken to all the kings. This is what the key issue is. If you seek him, you will prosper. But if you forsake him, if you don't seek him, you will be rejected, you will go down. God actually then appeared to Solomon personally after the temple was dedicated, and he told him that in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You see, there again is the key for the nation's success. Humble themselves before God. Seek his face. And it says, and turn from their wicked ways. And do you know, the more you seek God, the more you will turn from idols. Idols are simply substitutes for God and his presence in your heart. And when, when, as you seek God and he fills your heart, then you can put those idols aside. He says, when you do that, then God will hear from heaven, forgive the sin and heal the land. Sadly, after Solomon died, the kingdom split and Rehoboam was foolish and He allowed a rebellion to happen as a result and Jeroboam then became the king of the northern kingdom, which is then called Israel. And so now it's divided into Judah and Israel. And the the true kingdom really was the kingdom based in Jerusalem in the south. And in the north, Jeroboam uh, set up a uh, false system of worship with idolatry in. Uh, They had a golden calf and that was in competition to God's kingdom and God's presence in Jerusalem. And it says that uh, those from all the tribes of Israel in the northern kingdom, such as set their heart to seek the Lord God of Israel, came to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord God of their fathers. So as well as the, the so those in the south, those who went up to the north who weren't seeking God, they went into an idolatrous system of worship. But those who truly sought the Lord came to worship the Lord at Jerusalem. And so you see that whether you seek the Lord or not, it actually determines where you end up going in terms of of your worship. And, And the nation was divided in two in that way. It says, now we look at God's report card on King Rehoboam. It says, King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 41 when he became king. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. And here's the key verse. He did evil. Why did he do evil? Because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. And there's the key. He did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. And because his heart wasn't in the presence of God, then that caused him to do evil. And, and so when we do evil, the real problem is that it's because our, we are operating without the presence of God. We, do not, we have not sought the Lord. That's the key issue. Now we go on to Abijah. It says uh, when Abijah, his son, died, then Asa, and we're going to look at Asa now, in 2 Chronicles 14, reigned in Abijah's place. And the land was quiet for 10 years, it says. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he removed the altars of foreign gods and high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. He removed the high places, the incense altars, all the false worship he removed from the cities of Judah and the kingdom was quiet under him. And so you see, this is, he, he starts well. He seeks the Lord. And connected with that, the idols get removed. And as a result, he has 10 years of peace and quiet in the land. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, because the Lord gave him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, Let's build these cities, make walls and towers, gates, bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he's given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. And so it's clear that because he sought the Lord, God gave him peace and prosperity for ten years. But now a test comes along in, chapter, in verse 8. Asa had an army of 30,000, 300,000, it says, uh, from Judah and 28,000, 280,000 from Benjamin, all mighty men of valor. Then Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men, 300 chariots, and he came to Marasha. And now, here's the first test everything's been going well so far, but you know, tests come in life, life will test us, and the test. In the natural, a natural circumstance going wrong, that actually reveals, the test will reveal where your heart is. Whether you've been seeking God or not will be revealed in how you respond to that test. And so here is an army of a million men, way too big, really, for, the, uh, for them. It, they should be defeated. Now, let's see how Asa responds to that test. So, Zer- so Asa went out against him, and they set the pr- troops in battle array in the valley, of Zephatha at Maresh. Marisha. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power, help us, O Lord God, for you we rest on you, we trust in you, and in your name we go out against this multitude, O Lord. You are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. So notice where his heart is, his heart he he had been seeking God. And his immediate response is to trust in God and to call on God and and depend on God, not in his own strength. And so Asa passes this test, even though it's a tremendous test, and God responds to him. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people with him pursued them to Gerar. They were overthrown, and they couldn't recover, for they were broken before the Lord and his army, and they carried away very much spoil. So notice Asa passed the test. The hand of the Lord was with him because he had sought the Lord with all his heart and he had commanded those under him to do the same. But the story is not yet finished. Now we go to 2 Chronicles 15 and now we're in his 15th year. He's, had, he's passed that test in his 10th year but now he has a test in his 15th year. And what's been happening is that now, with all the success, and this is the danger of success, is that begin, you begin to rest on your laurels. And he had begun to stop. You wouldn't tell it on the outside, but on the inside he'd begin to stop seeking the Lord. He began to backslide a bit in his heart, and his heart was hardening. And when that happens, your life will go downhill. And he was beginning to slack, as, as we're going to see. And, uh, and as a result... He was just trusting in his own strength too much. That's the big danger of success. When you are feeling strong, you won't feel the need to seek the Lord. And so a prophet comes along and he gives him a warning, a warning shot. Now the spirit of the Lord came on Azariah, son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So again, God is telling him the key issue, you must seek him and then he'll be with you. But if you forsake him, God will forsake you. His presence will forsake you because the Amplified here is very interesting. It says, if you seek him, inquiring for him and of him and craving him as your soul's first necessity, he will let you find him. But if you become indifferent and abandon, uh, turn away from, forsake him, he will abandon Turn away from you. This is telling us that seeking God must be a lifestyle, not just in a crisis. We must continually keep our soft, hearts soft before him and have his hand upon our life. Well, the, the prophet went on and he said, For a long time Israel's been without the true God, without a teaching priest, without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. But you, he says, be strong. And do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. He says, King, stay strong, stay spiritually strong. Keep seeking God with a strong heart, and, and God's hand will be with you. And you know, this warning worked initially. Let's see what happens. When Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and he removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin. You see, those idols had come back in because he had stopped seeking God, really, with a whole heart. And now he removes the idols and from the cities that he'd taken in in Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the festival of the Lord. So notice things had really gone downhill over those last five years. And then he gathered all Judah, Benjamin, those who dwelt with them from all the different tribes. They came in great numbers from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. And so they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. So here we know it's. 15th year, five years on from his great victory over the uh, Ethiopians. And they made many great offerings, 700 bulls, 7,000 sheep from the spoil they had brought. And then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. He got the whole nation to seek God. And then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns and all Judah rejoiced at the oath for they had sworn with all their hearts and sought him with all their soul and he was found by them and the Lord gave them rest all around. And so they turned to God in the 15th year and again God gives them great rest and the result was peace and blessing for 20 years in the land because verse 19 says there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. 20 years of peace. And everything seems fine. But here comes the next test now, in the 36th year. And tests will come and will reveal what's in your heart. What had happened in these 20 years? Did he stay strong in the Lord, or did he let his heart become lukewarm? Chapter 16, it says, In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might l- let none go out or come in, to Asa king of Judah. He kind of was barricading the king of Judah. So here's the next test. And what comes clear as we read on is that he was given confidence to do this attack because he had an alliance with the king of Syria. And so the northern king of Israel, along with the king of Syria, was now exerting pressure on Asa. What was Asa's response? Was it Would it be like he did before and sought the Lord and trust God for a great victory? Sadly, no. We find that he had become lukewarm because, see what happens. Then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was between my father and your father. See, I send you silver and gold. Come break your treaty with Bashar, king of Israel, so that he'll withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, they attacked the various cities and so as a result Basha had to stop building this fortified city and King Asa took all Judah and they carried away those stones and timber of Ramah which Basha had used and so the siege was broken. So it seemed like a political victory he bought off the king of Syria and and got him on his side but notice he didn't turn to the Lord in that situation he trusted in the flesh because his heart now had moved away from God, he had had stopped seeking God. Notice the contrast before. He had a much bigger invasion before with the Ethiopians, a million of them. He didn't trust in the Lord this time, but trusted in the flesh. You see, over those 20 years of peace, his heart had become hard. As in his success, he stopped seeking the Lord. He got busy with other things. You know, we, we can't settle. We have to continually seek the Lord. And at that time, he got rebuked. The Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. He's basically saying, if you would have trusted in God, God would have given you the victory over, over Israel, over Syria, and you would have had a, 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 long, a long peace, a permanent peace, The fleshly solution fixed the immediate problem, but it would lead to greater problems later on, as we'll see. And the problem was his heart. He relied. He didn't rely on God. He says, Weren't the Ethiopians not a huge army with many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. And here's this famous verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He says, if you would have sought the Lord, if your heart would have been on God, then God's hand would have come upon you. He would have showed himself strong on your behalf, and you would have have had a famous victory. But instead, in this you've done foolishly, therefore from now on you will have wars. And so his flesh solution was a temporary fix, but it would actually now lead to more and more wars, continual trouble. But Asa didn't repent, sadly at this rebuke. In fact, it says he was angry with the seer and put him in prison because he was enraged at him because of this and Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. And so this revealed the state of his heart. He was now so hardened in his heart because he stopped seeking God that he couldn't take the correction. And things just got worse. It says in his 39th year, he became diseased in his feet and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord. Even in his disease, he didn't seek the Lord, but the physicians. Now, there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. The problem was, he did not seek the Lord, even in his sickness. And then it says he died soon after, presumably of that very thing. And so we had a mixed report card. When he sought the Lord, he prospered. But when he didn't seek God, he went downhill. He went downhill. Well, let's have a quick look at Jehoshaphat, a good king in Chronicles it says, "The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Why? Because he didn't walk in the former ways of he walked in the former ways of his father David, who sought the Lord. He did not seek the Baals, that's the idolatry, but he sought the God of his father and walked in His commandments. Therefore, God established the kingdom in His hand, and uh, he, he had great riches and honor in abundance. Again, it says that a seer came to King Jehoshaphat and said, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? That was the one big mistake Jehoshaphat made. He made an alliance with the king of Israel for the sake of unity, even though they were under great evil. Therefore, he says, the wrath of God is upon you. Nevertheless, he says, to mitigate that, good things are found in you in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and you have prepared your heart to seek God. So he says, Jehoshaphat, you, because you've sought God, you know, there, there's a limit to the damage that you've done through yoking yourself to something evil. Well, we all know the big test that came to Jehoshaphat. In 2 Chronicles 20, there was this massive army from Moab Ammon uh, come to battle against Jehoshaphat. It was a great multitude, bigger than what they could handle. So but how did Jehoshaphat respond? and we see that he had a heart that sought the Lord. It says, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And so they gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And in response to that, God gives them a great victory. That's where God says, you won't have to fight in this battle, I'll fight for you. Just go out uh, out and sing my praises, and I will give you the victory. And that's exactly what happened because they sought the Lord, the hand of the Lord was with them. I think the last one is probably Uzziah, in 2 Chronicles 26. It says that Uzziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper, and there it is. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper, and that's the key. But it says, when he was strong in heart, his heart was lifted up. That's the danger of success. His heart was lifted up in pride to his destruction. As soon as he stopped seeking God, as soon as he started trusting himself, destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord. And what he did is he went into the temple to burn incense on the altar of incense. He took upon himself the priestly role, which was forbidden to him. And they tried to stop him, but he ignored them. And And as he did this terrible thing, leprosy come on him. And he had leprosy until his death. And it's because he stopped seeking God and his heart got lifted up in pride. What about God's report card on Hezekiah? It says, Hezekiah did what is good and right and true before the Lord his God. And every work he began in the service of the house of God in the law and commandment to seek his God he did with all his heart so he prospered. There it is. Because he sought God with all his heart, he prospered. And the same thing is said in about Josiah. Uh, It says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He walked in the way of David, his father, seeking God. And then it says in the eighth year, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father Jacob and purge the land of all the idols. And so he had a good report card from God. He was a good king. So remember... God resists the proud, those who trust in themselves and don't seek God. But he gives grace to the humble, those who know they don't have it in themselves, so they seek God with all their heart. Humble yourself, he says, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Put yourself in the mighty hand of God, and his mighty hand will put strength in your heart, and you will be able to rise up in the strength of God in your life. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth, but we need your help. If you can partner with us or or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you you can find a way you can... Help us financially, and we would be so grateful. God doesn't want us to stay as babies. He wants us to grow up spiritually. So I've written the book to give you the, the keys of the, the milk of the Word of God so that you can also get into the meat of the Word of God. And so for your spiritual life and strength, let me recommend this book to you. And also my book on Joshua's Jericho, it gives you the principles by which you can uh, pull down the strongholds in your life that are stopping you, enter into your promised land. And I show you from the archaeology in Israel how uh, this Bible story is true and, and how it reveals what God wants to do for you to possess your promised land. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515 086